Warm welcome to our uh, visitors, our guests, maybe those who have coming back home after a while. Um, also, maybe we have some uh, alumni of our Queen of Peace Catholic School, or Sacred Heart School. And I just want to share uh, that there's a lot of good things going on at uh, your, your parish and your alma mater. We put together a nice newsletter uh, detailing all the great things happening at our school called the Mighty Star. Um, and then as well, just to realize at this point, we can offer pre-K to 12th grade Catholic education. We have uh, this apostolate called Mater Dei Apostolate, uh, which offers Catholic education to high schoolers, and so you can read about that as well in our bulletin. But a lot of good things um, happening here. Uh, you can grab a bulletin and a newsletter on your way out uh, following Mass. Also, don't forget to uh, take your your uh, requisite and obligatory uh, family photo up here following Mass with our beautiful nativity scene. Christmas proves that God's got this. Christmas proves that God has got this. I've been reflecting a lot on this reality recently that it's amazing the power that God gives us as human beings the power he gives us in our free will. The power God gives us to do great good, but also to do great evil. God gives us free will, and our choices have real consequences. I think we see that in the world today, a lot of the the wars and turmoil. All those consequences are because of people's um, bad choices, and they have real consequences how much people have suffered because of people's free will. Yet God gave us, gave humanity free will, despite the possibility of bad outcomes. And I think that makes sense, right? If our free will is really to matter, actually be something of value, then there has to be real consequences, right? Otherwise, Life is just a charade. It's just a video game, right? You just you can play it and then just kind of you know start over. But that free will wouldn't be worth anything. Yet, despite the real power that we have have, have as human human beings, the real power to do good, but again, maybe more relevant to do uh, some real bad things to really mess this world up. That isn't the last word. Our actions, our choices, and consequences from them are not the last word. God has the last word, and in the end, God makes it all right and good. I was trying to think of an example that might demonstrate this, and uh, when I was growing up, before Sunday Mass, we would always have uh, breakfast. My dad would make pancakes, uh, usually blueberry pancakes, and it was always with Bisquick, um, batter, Bisquick pancake batter. And to this day, I can't have any pancakes other than Bisquick pancakes. It's what I've grown up with and what I'm used to. But one morning, uh, my dad allowed me to, to make the pancakes, and I might have been eight or nine. And so he already made the batter and everything, but uh, anyone who's made pancakes before, it's a little deceiving when you pour the batter, because once you pour it on the griddle, uh, it spreads out a lot more than where you just pour it. And if you're not used to that, you can make a big mess. And so I poured a 
couple spots of pancakes and the batter you know went off the side of the griddle and into the the little kind of uh, collection plates and and then I tried to flip the the pancakes and I flipped them too early and just made a mess of the whole thing and so my my dad came over though and he said you know don't worry I got this don't worry I got this and he made pancakes as usual and they were they were great he was he, he can even make you know the the Mickey Mouse pancakes that um, the perfect ears and uh, the face. Adam and Eve made a mess of things. And there were ups and downs throughout the Old Testament, but for the most part, we would have to say that was pretty negative. We, throughout history, have made a pretty good mess of things. And so when the fullness of time comes, God himself enters in. God says, I got this. He enters into our reality. He sets to work, sets to making it all right. He does this through his passion, death, and resurrection. That's the joy that I want us to experience today. I want us to see and appreciate the big picture. In the end, because of Christmas, all is good. You may be experiencing chronic pain in your life, That won't be forever. You may be dealing with sadness because of a failed relationship or the loss of a loved one. That's only temporary. You may have experienced abuse at some point and continue to deal with that emotional wound. And while it will, please God, be healed some point, to some extent in this life, we know for sure it will be healed in the life to come. You may have a difficult life due to decisions you made when you were younger, maybe regrets. But again, those are only temporary. There's a lot of brokenness that we have to deal with in the world, but it's only temporary. God will make it all right in the end. In a few minutes, we're going to profess the creed as we do at every Mass, every Sunday Mass. And special to this day is that we actually kneel down when we hear the words and say the words, by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. That's the great mystery that we are celebrating today. As we heard in the gospel today, the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Eleven years ago, I was, had the privilege to be at midnight mass with the Holy Father, with Pope Benedict, 11 years ago. And during that night, a lot of it still is kind of a blur, it just kind of went by, but one of the moments I really remember and sticks out to me, and I'll never forget, is the moment there, that that Mass, that we did kneel down during those words. By the Holy Spirit was incarnate to the Virgin and became man. Kneeling for about a minute, a minute and a half, by Pope Benedict, just five feet away from me, just thinking what is going through his mind, what he's praying for in that moment. The weight of leading the entire church, the entire world on his shoulders. But also then acknowledging and realizing that the God of the universe who holds everything in existence has entered into the world to make things right in the end. I want you to reflect on that great mystery, that with all the negativity in the world throughout history, 
God says, I got this. The God of the universe became a single living cell in the womb of the young virgin from Nazareth and then was born a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. God entered time and space in order to make things right. God said, I got this. And that is why we have joy here today. That God has entered our fallen, broken world, has fixed it, made it right. The joy comes from the future expectation of all being good. All's well that ends well. But as the commercials say, that's not all. There's more. Because it isn't just a future expectation that brings us to joy today. It's the joy that God became man, that God might become bread. God became man so that God could become bread. We have our nativity scene up here, and 800 years ago today, 800 years ago today, is the, was the first nativity scene. St. Francis of Assisi in Greccio, small town of Greccio, Italy, set up the first nativity scene. It was a living nativity scene with actual live animals and live persons. And he did this so that we could meditate on this reality that God entered into a world and became a baby. That we didn't have to be scared of God as some scary, distant being, but this God actually became a baby to say, hey, look at me, love me. Babies are easy to love. And so God wants us to know him and to love him and to serve him. And we know that this took place in Bethlehem, in the Middle East. Bethlehem meaning house of bread, house of bread. And he was laid in a manger, a trough that animals would eat out of. From the moment of Jesus' birth, there was this foreshadowing, this prefigurement that he would become food for us, that he would become bread for us. He was with us as a baby, as a man, but he loves us so much that he chooses to remain with us until the end of time. At the Last Supper, he said, Take and eat. This is my body. This is my body. He gave us the Eucharist. It is with Holy Communion that we can have hope of the resurrection of the body at the end of time. If we were pure spirit, we wouldn't need the Eucharist. But it's with the Eucharist that gives life to our bodies so that we can rise at the end of time. Jesus says as much. He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. It seems as if the resurrection of the body is attached to this feeding on his flesh. The fact that Jesus was born into the world, that he suffered and died, proves that he loves us as a corporate whole. It proves that he cares about us as a corporate whole, as a group. And that's nothing to take for granted. But it's only with Holy Communion that I can say, God, that Jesus loves me, that he cares about me, that he's interested in my cares and concerns. So not only do we have the promise, that future expectation of everything being made right in the end, but Jesus truly is Emmanuel, God with us. 
and with us today, tomorrow, and forever. He's with you on this journey through life. He does care. From the moment of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, that house of bread, and being laid in a manger where animals ate out of, Jesus was destined to become food for us. God became man that God might become bread for us so that he may be with us through this life. My friends, what a day. This is what being Catholic is all about. God says, I got this. And that brings us great joy that all the negativity in the world will be made right in the end. And God became man so that God might become bread. Jesus invites us into communion with himself through the most blessed sacrament. That brings me great joy, proving he cares for me, proving that he cares for you, that he's here with me and he's here with you.